This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red Valley is intended for mature audiences and contains scenes some listeners may find distressing. Please go to redvalleypod.com for full content warnings on every episode. Do you want to continue? Bloody Christmas Eve! Hi, Warren. Thought I'd come down and spend some of the evening with you. I had a poke around in the cupboards and found some Christmas shit. There's a little uh, eight-inch silver Christmas tree here made of tinsel. Look, you can have that. Oh, speaking of tinsel, yikes. That fits quite nicely. Oh, right, the uh, piece of resistance. Music. This is O Little Town of Beth Mayhem, one of Puskrank's festive rock medleys. They were a regular fixture at the annual Unholy Night Christmas All Day here at the club in my hometown. Oh, you would have loved it. So you look good. I mean, your pod looks good. The bleep bloops sound happy. This pod is far more advanced than the ones used on other subjects that I've seen or read about. It's much smaller, more coffin-sized, like a Spock's coffin in Wrath of Khan. It would fit nicely into a photon torpedo shoot, I think. It's fully portable, apparently. They told me it can run on battery power for 100 years. Lightweight alloy. The wheels pop out the bottom if I press the unlock. Oh, shit. Uh, no shit. shit. Oh, lock, 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 lock. Christ. <sighs> anyway, tis the season, so thought I'd make this a themed visit. You had a Christmas here, Warren. Maybe not all that different to mine. Let's see how that went, shall we? Here's your ghost of Christmas past. We're Warren and Gordon. Merrily on high, I'm making a recording. 
you join me here at Red Valley, area of outstanding natural misery, national heritage site of historical tedium on Christmas Eve. At least, I think it's Christmas Eve. There aren't many indicators out here. I'm just going off a very small desk calendar from the office. Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser still won't even tell me their names, much less the actual date. Even now, when it's just me and them, they tap the little overhead barcode ID badge and tell me it's not my concern. I digress. It's bloody Christmas Eve, allegedly. It's 10.45 in the evening, and this is Warren Gobby, coming live from the Red Valley mess room with a warm bottle of dessert wine, seeing in the birthday of our Lord and Saviour by treating myself to a Christmas movie. Well, perhaps not an actual bona fide Christmas movie per se, because the collection here appears to contain no discernible festive... Oh, wait. Jingle all the way. Two? Jingle all the way two? Who made a sequel to Jingle all the... WWE Studios? What the fuck is this? Actually, this DVD collection appears to have been lifted wholesale from second time around. I think every second-hand place has more or less the same collection. Rom-coms with red titles on white backgrounds. Yes. Not one, but two copies of The Day After Tomorrow. Yes. Ex-rental copy of The Passion of the Christ. Never saw it. Save it for Easter. Ah. The unwanted garbage sequel category. Godfather 3. Die Hard 5. Terminator Genesis. Oh, Prometheus. Come on. Oh, wait. A Christmas Carol. Oh, for fuck's sake, CGI Jim Carrey version. Is it too much to ask for a Muppet? So, Rodrigo didn't make it out of the final test on Tuesday. I came out first. I was in the recovery bay when whatever happened, happened. They won't tell me what took place, of course, but he's definitely dead. Saw Rumpelteaser mopping out the corridor afterwards. Not as bad as with Ryan... Uh, they were sponging down the cryo suite for half a day after whatever they did to him. Was he... When was that? Was he, was he, was he third or fourth to go? Why can't I remember that? I thought Rodrigo was going to win. He was young. Barely mid-twenties, pretty fit, massive thighs. He was an addict. I knew that much. That was probably it. Still, I, I thought he'd last longer than me. I don't really know what happens now. Just Mungo Jerry left to tend to the place over the festive season. Must have drawn the short straw. Halbeck and Rumpelteaser disappeared a couple of days ago. They left in a truck instead of getting picked up uh, by the usual helicopter. Bunch of overhead roadies jumped out. Packed up a lot of stuff this time. Definitely get the feeling things are wrapping up around here. Jerry's in the farmhouse. <sighs> Don't know what he's up to. All looks cosy from here. It's not my first Christmas alone. I actually prefer them that way. Infinitely superior to the holidays I used to have growing up. Boo-hoo, woe is me. Getting maudlin. Anyway, I expect whatever the next test is, it will be the last one. So let's make the most of the night. Maybe I'll give Prometheus another shot. How bad can it be? Doodle pit. Well, that wasn't quite the festive cheer I was hoping for, but hey, you're oh the one who... Oh my god, oh my god, what was I thinking? Why, 
why was Guy Pearce even in that movie? Why wouldn't you just hire an old person to play an old person? Why did they run away from the donut spaceship when it was falling over in that direction? If they just turned 90 degrees, then they wouldn't have... Forget it. Fine. Let's do it. CGI Christmas Carol. Good night. Okay. Do we think you're finished, or...? Sorry. Are you talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. We are still not... Why would Robert Zemeckis dedicate so much time to making so many films about creepy, dead-eyed PlayStation characters. I'm sorry, Why? What are I you didn't catch that. Creepy Android Jim Carrey. Warren doesn't enjoy the motion capture period of the director Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis is a film director. I know. Who asked for more diehards? Who the fuck is Jai Courtney? Wait, I'm sure no I had some kind of plan for the Ghost of Christmas present section of all this, he's, but... He's here. He's in Terminator Genesis as well. Who the fuck is this guy? Jai How is he playing the son of Oh my god, everyone just stop talking. Jesus. Well, this was remarkably similar to a family Christmas at my parents' house, so thanks for that little triggering episode. I think I need some freezing cold air. Oh, wait. I forgot the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Bit of a reach, this, but it's the best I could do in these uncertain times. A voicemail I got last night. Message received at 11.40pm on Monday the 23rd of December. Golden night, Paul Knight. Fuck this up, I'll set you on fire. A light, that's better, I'll set you a light. Next message, received at 11.43pm on Monday the 23rd of December. In a golden, a dick on his head. The little Lord Gordon is such a dickhead. I'll be coming in January to see how you are. If you've messed up anything, I'll hit you with my car. I'll actually be coming in a helicopter though, a helicopter. <laughs> Merry Christmas, bitch. See you soon. Love to Warren. Kisses. What a dick. Oh, hello, darling. Sorry, Daddy was just making a phone call to one of his special friends. So, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? I'll leave the music with you for a while. I'll be back tomorrow. We can sing some carols or something. Merry Christmas, Warren. Personal log. It's uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, no, it's it's actually Christmas Day now. I lit a fire with the uh, leftover wood. I thought it would be a problem with the snow falling, but I tossed the dregs of some anaesthetic vapour over it. Oh, nearly took my bloody eyebrows off. I don't know what I was thinking, expecting anything cheerful to come from Warren's Christmas Eve. A bit of blind festive optimism, I suppose. Anyway, that was actually his last tape. So I know what happened next. They went for the big one. They put him under properly. 
just like he is now. You know, I haven't really talked about what happened that first night here. Bryony let me watch it all. And I did. I stood there and I watched. They put him under general anesthetic. They put a tube in his mouth to ventilate him and started putting all these lines in his arteries and veins. They put gunk in his eyes to protect them and covered them up with goggles. They gave him an infusion to bring down his core temperature. Then they transferred him into that pot, the giant cigar tube. No one was concerned, except me. The pod then filled with water, or what looked like water. You could feel the cold coming off it. They let me touch it. It's like a jelly. And all the time his heart is slowing. All the beeps dropping in tone and pace, and it looked like no one wanted to help, that they were just going to watch him die. And then it all went quiet. And then the most absurd little ringtone noise, like when Sonic gets an extra life or something, and and he was hypersleeping. And I went to my new bedroom and had a panic attack. So, uh, yeah, there we go. A little taste of life at Red Valley. <sighs> Fire's gone down now. I could let the snow put it out, but it's much more fun using the fire extinguisher. <laughs> I never used one in the real world, but here I use it all the time. <laughs> Yippee Kai! Yay! Yeah. <sighs> there is something to being out here alone in the dark. You can be completely honest. I watched Prometheus the other night, and I didn't think it was that bad! What was that? What the...? Uh, hey! Uh, hey! If you, if you didn't want to be seen, don't shine your full beams at me! Hey! I didn't mean that about Prometheus! Come back! better have been Santa! Does Santa drive a camper van? While You Were Hypersleeping is a Red Valley miniseries written by Jonathan Williams and directed by Alan Mandel. Music, editing and sound design by Richard Campbell Carol Pestridge and Alexander Broad. Performances by Alan Mandel, Jonathan Williams, Alexander Broad and Natalie Day. If you enjoyed the show, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe. Red Valley Season 2 is coming soon. Thanks so much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to season two of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search 
for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic, and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debut on a lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. (laughs) 